Houston Star of Hope Mission brings you a moment of hope. Could you spare a little hope today? Hi, this is Scott Arthur. Quite often on A Moment of Hope, we'll share with you stories of changed lives, men and women who have gone through our programs and brightened their futures. And we've spoken about Star of Hope staff members who teach these life-altering programs and help fix God's broken children. But today, we're gonna to turn the microphone around and talk to some of the folks who help us do what we do. Now, there's lots of ways to support Star of Hope financially, Every donation, big or small, is very much needed and appreciated. In-kind donations, things like clothing and food and blankets and baby items. We can use everything a single man, single woman, or a family needs to sustain. And last, but certainly not least, volunteers. People who give us their time and lend us their skills. Star of Hope is pretty lucky to have thousands of volunteers like retired folks who still want to remain active and reach out to the community, working folks who make time to help others in any way they can, Rotary and Exchange Club members, school assignments, church activities. The list is endless, and so is the need. Four years ago, a church activity seemed to strike a spark in a young man. He was only eight years old at the time, but something he did felt right to him, and he kept on doing it. And it led to him and another Texas boy to receive a National Outstanding Volunteer Service Award presented to him and others by Academy Award-winning actress Viola Davis. And you know where they did it? The Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. So follow along with me now. And if you've done the math, you'll know that this young boy is now only 12 years old and has done more to help his community than most of us have done in the last 20 years. I think it's time we met him. He is, I don't know, what about maybe four foot three, blonde hair, and a killer smile. His name is Matthew Real from Spring, Texas. Welcome to Star of Hope in our podcast, Matthew. Thank you. You're very welcome. And of course, he's joined today by his very pretty mom, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice meeting you, too, and a pleasure to meet you guys. You're amazing. You're Thank a great you. team, and Matthew, I think you're going to be a rock star. So take us back to that day when you were eight years old. What was the church activity? You were, you were doing something that seemed to shape your young life. What happened? So when I was eight years old, I went to church and we were making these prayer packets. Mm -hmm. And when we made them, we were supposed to have 13 items in it. But by the time I was done, I had four items, like a prayer card, soap, a bottle of water, and like a fruit cup. Mm -hmm. So I asked my mom if I could go to the store, get some... A lot, a lot more food and like toiletries, and uh, give it all to this one man on the street. And when I gave it to him, he said, "God bless you, little boy." And I said, "You too." And at that moment, I knew I had to start helping people on the street. How did you know that? I mean, you're eight years old. You should be playing video games and stuff like that. I mean, what, what happened inside you when he said that? When he said, "God bless you, little boy," I. It seemed like to me that I was talking to God, and like God told me to start helping people. Now, how about you, Tammy? I mean, you know, you suddenly have a son who says, you know, I feel like I've been talking to God, and I want to help people for the rest of my life. What are your thoughts? It was, it was humbling. Um, he was quiet for a couple weeks after that happened and very thoughtful which is not like him 
and he came to us and he said I I don't want to celebrate my birthdays anymore so of course we're like okay what's the whole tie-in with this having forgotten that moment not realizing that it had impacted him the way that that it did he had kind of mentioned little things here and there asked a couple questions um, and we're like okay so if you don't want your birthday what is it that you want and he goes I want to take all that money and the opportunity to get gifts and he goes and I want to give that back to those that are in need you know collecting food and other items that that those in need might might be wanting and we said okay and uh, he explained to us that um, he felt that this was a calling for him that that this was something he was supposed to do not that he needed to do it not that anybody was pressuring him to do it it was just something he was supposed to do so how do you argue with that you can't argue with it no nor should you no was there some sort of history of service in your family i mean had he picked it up from you guys we've always encouraged our kids to volunteer uh we they always did the christmas uh christmas angel trees where they would pick names off and they'd shop they always did the shoe boxes you know if there was ever a donation box the kids would say i want to and of course instead of taking one coat or one can of food they'd ravage the house and take lots of coats lots of cans of food so we were always actively participating in 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 donation opportunities but never like this. But we always encourage them if you have the means to to do so. Well, Matthew, from this point on, became uh, just a real superstar volunteer and a coordinator. So I would imagine your marks in school are pretty good. Is that right? Yeah, I have all A's. All A's. I'm not surprised to hear that. So after you decided and told your family that you want to do this for the rest of your life, you started right to work. I mean, tell me some of the things you did. So right away, I contacted all my friends' families to try and get um, donations. I con- I um, contacted a bunch of restaurants in my area, and a lot of them wanted to help. And then some people didn't want to help the first two years because they're like, oh, it isn't going to last that long. You're, he's just a kid. How he can't change the world that much. So then... I asked my mom, is there a way that people can take me more serious? And she said, if, if I file for a 501c3 to become, to become an official charity, then they'll uh, take you more serious. I think that's a wise move. It was tough for him in the beginning because people would kind of laugh at him and say, you know, there's other food banks, there's other places that, that do this type of thing, hand it over to the adults, hand it over to the professionals that know what they're doing. And he refused to take that negativity. He just said, I'm going to prove you wrong. And mm-hmm. anybody that ever said anything, he just kind of would smile at him and say, okay. <laughs> and then he'd come back and be like, well, here are my numbers. Here's what I've collected. He keeps really good statistics. Um, so he can show people um, what he does. And I, one of the things that I love about him is he encourages other kids his age to feel what's in their heart, whether it's helping the homeless, whether it's feeding somebody with insecurity, providing clothes to someone that doesn't have them. Um, If you feel it, to do it. Um, He's told his peers that they tell us that it's our world. The adults tell us that we need to take charge and make changes. 
So we need to step up and do it. And don't let an adult who's encouraged us to do so turn around and say, no, I wasn't really serious about that. You can't do that. He says, we can. When the average person hears that and, and knows that it's coming from a 12-year-old, we're astounded. But are you astounded? I mean, is this something that you've seen him as he grew up? He was like this? He never took no for an answer with anything. <laughs> if, if you even gave him the inkling that it was possible, he ran with it. You know, and one of the things as his mother and my husband and his father, we always said, you know, if you want something bad enough, you go for it. Wow. Whether it's a home run, whether, you know, it's learning how to ride your bike, you know, climbing a mountain that you think is too high. You know, we just kind of shrug our shoulders. If you want it bad enough, you go for it, you know? Mm. And if you fail, then you didn't want it bad enough. You have to try again. And he took us much more literal <laughs> than we ever thought he would, um, which is phenomenal to watch. The way that he's bloomed, he can walk up to a person that is much older than him, that is struggling and have a conversation with them he can talk to a peer that's struggling and have a conversation with them with no judgment, with no, I'm getting teary-eyed, with no judgment, with no preconceived notions and treat them as an equal. I, I don't even have a lot of adults in my life that can do that, let alone a 12-year-old boy that just has the compassion and the caring in his heart and his goals that he sets for himself. I mean, his original goal was what, 10 packets? Then it was 50 packets. And that first year he made well over 350. And every year he just sets these goals. And my husband and I are sitting there going, there's no way this is gonna happen. And it happens. It just, it comes, it continues to come. The help, the assistance, the support. So at this point, when he says something, we're just like, okay, <laughs> we're here for the ride. And uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy the, the, the feeling that's in his heart and that he just, there's no question, there's no, he just feels it, he says it, and it gets done. One of the things that you got done was uh, reaching out to Star of Hope. Tell us about that story. So I was looking for a place to donate out of uh, everything I made with the food and the toiletries. So I looked in like a newspaper and like I had some like homeless shelters that um, that are like in Houston. So I'm reading down it. I see like a few, they're not really like, they don't really grab my attention. Then when I see Star of Hope, I see the word hope in it. and that touches me because anyone has hope and it's hope that can change anything. And that's how he chose you. We're glad you did. Mm -hmm. So tell us what you did. So for uh, my eighth birthday, I, um, instead of presents, I collected food. And at first my goal was 10, then 50, then 100, then I just didn't have a goal. And then by the end I made 337 and I donated them to the Star of Hope, and I uh, gave them to Kenneth, where he could um, use the packets in all his programs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kenneth is, is one of our outreach people. 
So you did that all by yourself, or do you have volunteers that helped, or your family helped? So what, then what I did, I made these little flyers, um, and I w just went up to um, my neighbor's doors, put them in the handle of the door. What, the, what, the, what did the flyer say? Um, it said, uh, Matthew's ninth birthday, come help by donating food to make food packets for the homeless. And then he had a big... Um, instead of a birthday party, he called it a packing party. And he had probably 75 volunteers come and pack all the donations into to packets. We played music. Everything was sorted by type of donation so that as the packets were made, there were different items that were going into them. And, and that's how he celebrated his birthday that year. And, you know, we use all that food at our facility. Yes. So thank you so very much for everything. Yep. Tell us about your backpack program. So... Um, I went home one day and I was just like watching some YouTube videos and then I saw like a couple about like just like food insecurity in like some schools and then my, um, then I also like then I went and looked it up and I figured out that kids my age aren't getting food on the weekends or for dinner so um, they can't really pay attention in school because they're hungry they can't make friends because they might be a little, um, they might have a little temper from not eating. They might get really, really tired. Um, you're, you're figuring all this out yourself. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I wanna start to help um, kids in my school district. So I connected with um, my superintendent at the time and um, he, um, me and him came up with an agreement to help five families, and if I can help them for the whole year with feeding them on s uh, Sunday, s Saturday and Sunday, that I can get more families and more and uh, start helping a lot of people in my school district. When you say I contacted the superintendent <laughs> and we worked this out, uh, how does that work? I mean, do you knock on the door and say, hi, I'm a 12-year-old and uh, I've been I've been analyzing a lot of what's going on here, and I think that there's a problem, and I can help you. I mean, it's basically what he did. Really, <laughs> he called up, made an appointment with the superintendent. He came out to his. He went to Broadway Elementary at the time. Um, they sat and they had probably an hour and a half long meeting. Matthew explained to him what his he'd done to date and what his goals were. Wow. And. Uh, at the end of the meeting, there was a handshake, and Matthew got five families, and he fed them every weekend that first year and on school holidays, except for summer, and uh, with the agreement that if it worked, Matthew could pick up additional families the following year, and he went from five to 15, and then he went from 15 to 25 the wow. following year, and he's never missed a drop-off date. Do you talk to those families? I mean, to the kids? No. Yeah. Uh, my school district tries to keep it uh, confidential. Mm -hmm. So if something happens where the family doesn't know who I am and and I don't know who the families are, so if I ever do see them in public, they won't say, oh, thank you, and then, like, right. stuff happens. Expose themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to. He does have yeah. statistics. He knows how many people live in the household, the ages of the children. Um, he started sending home, because he has dates of birth, he'll send home a special packet in the birth month of the children in the family with a box of cake mix wow. and candles and a paper plate. And if he has extra funds, he'll do Easter baskets or little tiny Christmas presents for the children in the family, too. 
Matthew, where, where do you get all this organization skills? I mean, is, is, have you been studying this? Do you read books? Um, I've kind of just seen it throughout my life, how, because I volunteer a lot, so I see uh, the, uh, the leaders of um, the program, how they uh, send people to go do this, this, and like this, and I've kind of just learned from watching. Ever time to be a kid? Do you ever do you ever miss being a kid? I mean, playing video games and doing stuff that other twelve-year-olds are doing. I still do that. I still do all of the normal stuff. Yeah. Kids do. What do your friends think? Do you think do they think you're kind of weird? No. No. That like they just treat me like a normal kid. They know what you do and mm-hmm. the lives that you change. Mhm. Tell me about the award. So the Prudential Spirit of Community Award. So. I, so there's only two people that can get it from each state, a middle school level and a high school level for the most community service hours and like... Your project. And the projects. So I, I was able to win for the middle school level out of everyone in Texas. I was the middle school level that won. So I got the silver medal and, I, and in May mm-hmm. I went to Washington, D.C. and... Uh, to compete for a gold medal for $10,000. And you won? I did not win. You didn't win that one? But this year, I'm hoping to try again and hopefully win. It was an amazing experience for him. There were 102 kids, uh, the 50 states plus District of Columbia, and these kids have done amazing things within their local communities, their states, and even internationally. And to see him among these other kids that want to change the world and make changes is was crazy. He They had conferences for them. They broke off into discussion groups. And it was all about how to, you know, the journey that they took to get where they were and how to make improvements. It was insane to see him. And it also gave you hope that you know this generation really does have a handle on things they were addressing issues like um, one of the girls had done a stem program with underprivileged kids that don't even have access to electronics or any type of stem equipment there was um, a young boy that collected over six hundred thousand dollars to be able to get young kids um, organ transplants Um, there's a little boy that's trying to save uh, an animal in guatemala that's going extinct there were kids that were fighting against bullying I mean it it was just insane to see some of the projects that these kids have devoted their childhoods to and they have the same attitude as Matthew is you know well when do you have time to be a kid they're like oh I do this is just something that I do in addition to video games or playing ball or you know my homework and um he has friends all across the fi- – it's crazy. His little cell phone <laughs> puts mine to shame because he has all these contacts, and they'll text each other and, you know, here's my project, or I have this idea, or, I, I, you know, I want to try this. You know, have any of you tried it? And to be 12 years old and have a whole networking where it totally excludes adults is crazy, and their ideas work, and they're making changes, and – and and um D.C. was crazy, and how Prudential treated those kids, you know, they kept reminding them that you, this is your world, and you're part of the change that's happening, and uh, I don't even think half the kids realized how amazing they were, Matthew included.
So mm, to have a room full of kids like Matthew, yeah, there is there is hope for the future. Yes. Do you get drawn into this, Tammy? I mean, are you someone who helps him with organizational charts or anything like that? Yeah, it's it's a family project. He has a board of directors. There's three of us that are on the board. And he li- I think part of the reason he enjoys his 501c3 is he gets to tell the adults what to do. <laughs> and he's very demanding. He, he has things that he wants done, and he'll call the other two board members. And I warned him when they joined how he was. And uh, they'll, he'll call them up and say, you know, I needed this done. And they're like, uh, okay, um, still working on it. Okay, let me know when you're done. But um, our whole family, one of our kids is away at school, but we have a 16-year-old daughter. Um, it's just a habit now. It's part of our routine to, to do things for his charity. He's at school a lot. I'm a scheduler for him, you know, when it comes to anything that needs to be done that he can't do because of his school schedule. You know, I do it for him, though he's made it very clear to me that when he turns 18, he wants it signed over, the 501c3 officially signed over to him and that he plans on running it when he's in college. Matthew, what are your future plans? from here through college into life so um with like the program i um um like next year i'm getting like 50 families so and my mom's car is full of food just buying it and putting in the packets it's still full of food so i want to try and buy a trailer in the future and then i also want to um educate more people about it, about this problem. And then my goal with the school district is have the first, in the United States, have the first ever student-run consecutive backpack program. That the food uh, fundraises the food, gives it straight back to the to kids in the school district ins- instead of giving it to a, um, a food pantry where people that still have like cars they still have like jobs but they're not getting that money that they can buy the food go there where i where i'm doing it where the families that can barely afford like a house a food food clothing where i give it straight back to them in the school district one of the things with matthew's program when he deals with the school district is they're identified by the counselors um the people that he helps so they're people that don't necessarily have assistance from the school because a they didn't fill out the paperwork they were too proud to fill it out Um, they don't have the resources to go to the food bank so these are families that are identified differently than through the normal uh, courses that say the discounted lunches and things are and that's one of the other things that Matthew's very proud of is um, that he's able to help those families because how are they going to say no to their kids bringing home food? They're not. And those kids, even though they know about Matthew, they don't know, you know, what, who, I look like. what he looks like or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, the counselors tell us that the kids are very proud that they're the ones that get to bring those that food home on Fridays. They come with empty backpacks. They take everything out of their backpacks Friday morning in their classrooms, and they come down with their empty backpacks to be able to put the packets in. You know, you're, you're a great example for volunteers and, and also kids your age. And that's my last question. What advice would you be giving to someone your age who's listening right now? Learn about the problem. Find, like, 
a charity that is trying to fight against this problem and then educate other people. And what would you say if an adult told them not to, that they can't make a difference? Make a difference. You do make a difference, my friend, with Star of Hope and just about everybody out there that needs help. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, keep a soul full of joy and a heart filled with hope. A Moment of Hope is produced and presented by the Star of Hope Mission, ending homelessness one life, one family at a time by providing services to more than 1,000 homeless men, women, and children each day in Houston. Could you spare a little hope today? For more information or to donate to the Star of Hope Mission, please visit sohmission.org.